0: So go ahead and uh, do me a favor real quick. Take a nice deep breath in. Let it out. Relax the tension in your neck. Unclench your jaw, maybe. Get really comfortable on those hard wooden benches. We're going to be here for a long time, so. (laughs) I'm kidding. Of course, my homilies are only ever like eight minutes. But do you remember the movie The Little Mermaid? I know I do. In my opinion, it was the best movie to come out of 1989, in my four-year-old opinion. But in case you're unfamiliar or you haven't seen the movie in a while, you don't have kids or grandparent kids or grandchildren who watch it on repeat, let me give you a synopsis. The movie is about a mermaid named Ariel who is a princess and has everything that she could ever want. But she decides that she wants the one thing that she does not have, and that would be the love of the human, Prince Eric. Now, from a purely canon law perspective, this marriage would never be granted in the church, because I'm not really sure about the biology of mermaids and humans being compatible for consummation of that marriage, but I don't think she really took that into account when making her choice. A lot of people don't consult canon law before deciding who they date. But anyway, the point is that Ariel focused on the one thing that she did not have, and she was willing to go to any lengths to get that. She disregards the advice of her father and her two best friends, who all tell her that this is a really bad idea. And she goes anyway to see the sea witch Ursula, to basically sell her soul to her. Most everything in her life is perfect, but all she can focus on is that one part that she still lacks and desires. Now, if you'll bear with me, I will tell you what the Little Mermaid and the second reading from St. Paul to the Corinthians have to do with each other. First, St. Paul starts out this reading by saying, I should like you to be free of anxieties. How many of us get distracted in prayer or in Mass— because we end up just worrying about situations or problems that we have little to no control over. St. Paul continues by elucidating the different walks of life and the anxieties contained therein. Now, this is not a comprehensive list, so if you don't hear your group called, please do not worry. But first he speaks of men, both unmarried and married, and then he speaks of unmarried and married women. The unmarried man and woman, he says, is worried about how he or she may please the Lord. He is discerning his vocation. He has one focus, to seek out the will of the Lord, and then to do the will of the Lord. She is seeking holiness in both body and spirit. Each is unencumbered by spouse or children. Yet in times of struggle it's easy for them to look at those who are married and think, it would be so much easier if I was married. Then I wouldn't have these problems. They want what they do not yet have. The married man and the married woman worry about the balance of living in the providence of God and also having to provide worldly security for the family that they are part of and in charge of. It is easy for them to look at those who are still single and pine away for those days long gone when responsibility was at a minimum. They want what they no longer and cannot have. Now I remember early in my time of seminary, probably my first year in, a very close friend of mine was making a very big decision about switching careers or not. And I have to tell you, I gave him the best advice that I've ever given. My advice was, of course, complete garbage, because I was giving him the advice of a single man. My friend listened to me and then politely said, Dude, that's really easy for you to say, and if it was just me, I would totally do that. But if I am wrong, my wife and kids may not eat. Now, going back to the Little Mermaid, her big problem was that she wanted what she didn't or couldn't have. And as humans, we tend to do the exact same thing. Now, even though it wasn't a term that I'm aware of being coined back in 1989, if we break it down, Ariel is suffering from a severe case of FOMO. She has the fear of missing out. 90% of her life is perfect, but she can only hyper-focus on the one thing that she does not have. And so it consumes her until she is ready to give everything up for it. We are often no different. We often get hyper-focused on things that we want or things we want to accomplish because we too have a fear of missing out on some level of happiness that we think we are supposed to have or be able to achieve. Longing for a reality that does not exist shows that we are afraid that we will miss out of the full amount of happiness that life has to offer us. We have anxiety about being slighted or cheated by life or by the Lord in some way because life is not exactly how we want it. We have so much, and yet something is still missing. But remember, St. Paul starts his reading by saying, I should like you to be free of anxieties. He finishes this reading by saying that he wants us to be free from anxieties so that we would be able to adhere to the Lord without distraction. It's okay to focus on a goal that we would like to achieve and to have plans for the future. The Church absolutely supports this. But whatever goals or ambitions we have shouldn't consume our life to the point where it becomes our idol. It shouldn't take the place of the Lord in our lives. Remember that the first commandment says, I am the Lord your God you shall not have any other gods besides me. Sometimes in our lives, those goals that we have become our idols and our God. Finally, it's not okay to tie our self-worth to whether or not we are actually achieving whatever goal or desire we set out for. We shouldn't let our goals and ambitions for life drive us to the point of hurting ourselves or others, or selling your soul to a sea witch, whatever happens first. Now maybe we find ourselves constantly just wanting what we don't have. Maybe we are always distracted, wishing that things were just different. Maybe we waste a lot of time being envious of others' circumstances, of their relationships, or of their things. Maybe we have become so hyper-focused on achieving a goal that we have lost ourselves somewhere along the way. The good news is that it's never too late, no matter where we may find ourselves we can always turn back to the Lord, turn back to him in the sacrament of confession, clean our slate, reorient our moral compass, and strive to follow the Lord more closely with less distraction so that we can truly be free from all anxieties that this world has to offer us.